And Claire, I'm no statistician, but <laughs> I would wager that far more sub 5% alcohol by volume beer is sold yep. in this country every day than yep. greater than, you know, 10%, 15%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I say, I'm no statistician. I'll tell you, you know that hat. That's fair to say. Yeah, I'll if give you that another one. hat. I'll, I'll leave that as well. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are not the <laughs> usual. We've got a special treat for you. It's just, it's just me and Claire. It's Ace Reporter and Senior Journalist, Claire Burnett. G'day, Claire. <laughs> hey, Pete. Um, as they doing? say in the classics, quick game's a good game. That's so it. no rabbit holes, you know no waffles. Get straight to the point. We're going to do some news. We're going to chat about it. And uh, everyone's going to have a, a quick, sharp workout. It's going to be a hit. It's a high-intensity <laughs> training day today. It's uh, <laughs> none of this lounging, never seemingly never-ending Pilates or yoga session. <laughs> it's going to be bang, 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 bang. We're going to make you sweat, and then we're going to get on with something, let you get on with the rest of your day. How's that sound? Absolutely. Uh, how's your week been? Don't ask about mine. <laughs> um, yeah, mine's been all right. I'll let you off. Um yeah. I know we're not doing the uh, sponsored beer of the week type thing, but considering that Matt did his sober interview, which was fantastic, I just listened to it before we came on. Um, I drank one of uh, Brick Lane's uh, Sidewinders. Well, that's good. I'm not allowed to mention it according to James Davidson. So, oh, you know, oh, sauce. And I'm gonna say it was delightful. How good is Absolutely it? Absolutely delightful. Except my partner was like, only one point one percent. Fine. It's a Wednesday night, love. Chill out. <laughs> And here's the thing, I'll give you, I've got two thoughts about that beer. Mm. One is, you know, I don't like hazies. And the yeah. own, the only two hazy beers that I've actually been able to say, you know what, I actually enjoyed those beers. One was uh, Hawker's, their oh. uh, original hazy pale. Mm. Um, it was a, a pale, not, not an IPA. Uh, and the other one is is, is Sidewinder. Well, pre we previous not to that, John Selton, who's the head brewer out at Brick Lane, so there, I've mentioned Brick Lane, James, and I mentioned somebody from there. Uh, mm. When they did their All Together Now, their all, uh, sorry, uh, All Together Beer, which was oh, there yeah. to help the hospital industry. Jeez, and that's going back to March last oh year, God. or yeah, uh, or so. That was the first time I thought, no, actually, this is this is what a hazy can be when. And again, I'm going to name check Dave Padden because he taught me so much about this. If you do mm. it properly, the haze is a result of the process of not trying to make a hazy beer but trying to make this beer with, with yeah. these parameters it will then of its own volition due to the it. physics of hydrodynamics and whatever become mm -hmm. hazy right. when you do that but then you go oh i'm just going to put some additive in order to create the haziness i just reckon you can taste the difference so for me mm. a genuine hazy beer without biocloud or any of those other ingredients um yeah and whether it be, you know, I'm not saying they're all cheap, but hashtag hazy is lazy. Um, <laughs> you can sometimes, I think, you know, additives can sometimes, you know, oats and all that sort of thing. That's fine if it if it, yeah. if it gives a bit of that mouthfeel or whatever. But if, you, if, if you're relying on that to provide your haziness, I think you've, you're making a beer that you want to sell, not a beer that you want to be enjoyed. 
Exactly. And I always find that additives as a phrase, as a word, can encapsulate so many different things, some of which people think are okay, some of which don't. I think it's much more complicated than saying, oh, no, you shouldn't put additives in or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and look, there, there, there is room for there, there's room for beers for purists, and there's and there's nothing pedantic or nasty about being a purist. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, and I also accept that there are innovators and there are people who just want to drink a different beer every every time and never want to have the same beer twice. Mm-hmm. I accept that that that's you know, but but never the twain shall meet. I think you know, you, <laughs> there's there's enough beer that we can all enjoy whatever we like without shit canning anyone else's choices. Absolutely. Here Absolutely. end of the lesson. Uh, and the second <laughs> point I was going to make about the sidewinder, which oh, yeah. I don't know if you mentioned, but um, it's Brick Lane. So um, yeah, uh, Paul Bowker is a gem out there. Terrific bloke, spoke to him during the week. Uh, and John Selton is the brewer. There you go, James. Um, but the, the 1.1, that for me was one of the best, uh, one of the better at hiding the alcohol. Yeah. And it's like you can still tell. And, and look, mm-hmm. you know, your boy's right. Oh, it's only 1.1. And it's <laughs> there's a reason for it, but there's not a purpose. But so, and you can, you can taste the difference. But as I say, I reckon Sidewinder have nailed it with the, not covering for it is is the is the wrong term, but it, it, it hiding it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we so go. agreed. But I will. I might do a um, prof's unsponsored beer of the week uh, later <laughs> on because I did have some others okay. this week uh, oh, that, I, that I paid for that I went and bought online to support <laughs> breweries that weren't sent to me for free. Why are you putting your vlog voice on, Pete? What's that, that for? That's specifically <laughs> for no one in particular whose name <laughs> rhymes with. James Javidson. <laughs> James, you're on the hook apparently this week. So uh, yeah, no, well, he put it, he he he, uh, he slighted me in the um, in the the Bruce News buzzword bingo card. Oh, why? Yeah, I right. got a whole row to myself. I don't know if you noticed. Four booms is not enough, Claire. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank you very much, my love. Your your booms have far more depth than uh, <sighs> four squares on a bingo card. Absolutely. Can cater for anyway. Uh, let's enough <laughs> Get of this. Get on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we must away. Uh, we shall cross live now to the Australian Brews News and Media Centre for a wrap of stories making news in beer this week. And Claire, we begin with uh, is it a swipe at Queensland? Well, look, there's been some reforms in terms of the takeaway sideline beer, but I don't know that everyone's happy. That could probably be an understatement. Um, so the Queensland government uh, during COVID brought in rules that basically said that licensed restaurants and cafes were allowed to sell takeaway alcohol. So beer, wine, uh, cocktails, all that. Um, It was basically trying to support the hospitality industry during that time to make sort of buying takeaway food more attractive, to mean that they could um, get a little bit of a revenue stream from that. So the new um, bill, it's an amendment bill they brought in uh, just last week. And basically what they're saying is, you're they're going to make the takeaway wine permanent so cafes and restaurants will be allowed to um, sell takeaway wine with a meal but they won't be allowed to sell any beer now the justification for this is what really has stuck in people's um throats should i say um they said that the high percentage of alcohol by volume in some beers may lead to the greater potential for alcohol misuse so the idea that 
beer is more alcoholic than wine, which is sort of the um, subtext of that, has been a really interesting one. Uh, there were lots well, of stakeholders complete, involved in this. Completely misinformed, I would say. I believe so. We have asked for uh, some research or evidence to back up this claim that we have not received anything yet. Um, but it's an interest, it is an interesting one. We had, on the one hand, we had um, a group of stakeholders that said, you know, they wanted amendments to this bill. Basically, saying, uh, as you'd expect from people like FAIR, uh, you know, that this encourages um, excessive drinking, all that kind of stuff. But then we also had, um, on the other hand, retail drinks saying, you know, this is cutting out um, bottle shops. Fair enough, you kind of understand the perspective on that one. But we're not 100% sure where the beer thing came from. Um, so they group them all together. They don't really specify who said what or complained about what. Um, but hopefully, given that there was quite a lot of fuss made on this one, that there will be some reforms of the reforms. Um, but we'll see going forward. Yeah, because, I mean, you shoot yourself in the foot, first of all, when you say, well, okay, even if, the, even if you were to argue, which you can't, that, you know, a beer is 15%. That's a a pretty rare triple triple IPA or a a whiskey barrel aged imperial stout, perhaps. Um, But I will, I'll see your stupidity and raise it by saying, yeah, but that's three hundred and thirty to three seventy five mils when I buy one with my meal. Yeah, the smallest bottle of wine you're going to give me is seven fifty mils. Absolutely, and starting at fifteen percent, so it's pretty hard to justify that as. Uh, may lead to greater potential for alcohol misuse. Because the other okay. thing too is that, uh, it, it, and, and look, I, I, I see the point about the, the takeaway, uh, like the liquor shops, mm-hmm. but you're selling it at full whack retail. Like if it was, uh, yeah. you know, a unit, let's it's say. It's way cheaper to buy a bottle shop than a restaurant. Exactly. A six pack for 20 bucks. You're not going to get yeah. that six pack for 20 bucks with your, with your meal. You're going to buy one beer for perhaps eight or nine dollars, which is, what it would have cost if you'd sat down in the restaurant, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It might be a little, I mean, bit, we, a little bit cheaper because you're not uh, using glassware and and yeah, the same amount yeah, of labour like and all the rest of it. Service fee type stuff, yeah. But it, but but the cost is no different to supplying that wine. Yeah. Either, Absolutely, so, yeah. it's it's crazy, and to even to underline that point, Pete, we got in touch with a bottle shop, just a little survey, like, do you have a lot of um, high ABV beers? And they were like, well, we have a couple, we've got a couple of like thirteen yeah. percent, um, and then we asked them like, so is it common that people come in and buy a six pack of thirteen percent ABV beer? And they they literally laughed. <laughs> they were like, uh, no, on account of not only is that ridiculously high ABV, they usually for a specific type of craft beer found that wants to try that one style or um you know it's a really interesting innovative or something about yeah. it that makes it interesting to a craft beer fan but also it's between $15 and $30 a can so like that in that in that particular instance who's going to buy a six pack of 15 to 30 dollar beers i mean i'd be shocked i'd be shocked exactly to, to to wash down your your <laughs> ham and pineapple pizza yeah Seriously. that's it that's exactly what well fair enough if that is if they can prove that that's the case I'll lay down my hat and say, fair enough. <laughs> that is alcohol. You, you, you lay you lay that hat down in a in a <laughs> puddle and I'll eat it. That's that's how confident I am that that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, interesting right. one. We'll keep an eye. We'll we shall keep an eye. We'll speak again of it later. Something we won't speak of. Um our next story, <laughs> the ACCC asks for submissions on the I don't know, takeover. 
<laughs> uh, yes, so this is um, not entirely surprising. And I, I think we should probably address it as well, Pete, that, you know, we had a chat last week um, about the Stone and Wood takeover and we were going to have it as like a special edition below the fold. And as Matt said in his sort of um, little after insert about why we didn't get that published, you know, I think as we all know, there's a lot of raw feeling going on and some of it's been misdirected, as Matt said. Um, and we want to have that balanced and nuanced discussion. And um, that's absolutely what we're going to do going forward. This is obviously news. This is something we covered um, because we wanted to find out and I wanted to find out a little bit more about it and what makes that important. Um, so I'd had a chat to um, he's an associate professor at UNSW uh, called Rob Nichols, and he's been a fantastic source for us on a lot of um, competition and tap contracts things. So we basically had a chat about what the ACCC consultation means. Now, usually it's a standard thing. You know, you get like an informal merger review. But it doesn't often, or it's not unusual, but it doesn't occur all the time, um, to go out to industry and ask for submissions about what this would mean. Will this actually substantially lessen competition in the beer market in Australia? Uh, so the ACC, ACCC is asking for submissions. Um, and it's really important if you do have a say, if you do have any evidence, if you do have something to say about this in, from an industry com competition point of view, um, to get involved and, and get that out there. Either way, it, you might be for it, you might be against it, but um, it's out there, it's happening. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But the general feeling is that, you know, it will pass through. It's not like a shocking thing for the for the ACCC to do this. Obviously, they did it with um, the CUB Asahi takeover. And interestingly, with that one, they had some conditions. They had um, what's called undertakings, which meant that Asahi had to uh, offload uh, Stella and Bex. Yeah. And so was... they sold them to Heineken. Yeah. Yeah. Swapping exactly. like, like it was the, yeah. It, That's it. You know, yeah, they all take so it in we... turns. You know, it's Diageo's <laughs> doing Guinness at the moment. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, six exactly. years ago, it was Lion. And two years before that, it was it was CUB. It's, it all, okay. yeah, swings and... So and that all things. moves around. But what will be interesting is to see whether um, potentially one of those undertakings is is that maybe one of the two have to offload some of their brands like the same way that um, CUB Asahi did. Um, but we're obviously not sure now. It's all speculation at this point, but um, could be some interesting movements on that front in the future as well. You would have to think that if Fermentum is 1% of the beer market, mm. it's pretty hard to argue that that's not going to, you know, unduly affect anybody when you've said that, Asahi buying CUB, which was much larger than 1% of the beer market, was okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. And it's there's loads of interesting and quite complex questions going on in the background about, um, you know, substitution. Does a, Is a stone and wood beer equal to a um, lion beer and which ones and how? And if a consumer goes out there, is a craft beer, so, like, can it be substituted with a classic beer? If they decide that that's not going to be the case, there might be a different outcome. But I don't see why they would. Um, it's just an interesting one because it is slightly different from the CB Asahi one in that Fermentum, Stonewood, et cetera, they were, were always considered themselves craft. So whether the industry or whether individual people in the industry or um, someone outside who's got an interest can write in and make that point, um, then that becomes something that the ACCC will look into. Um, but again, it, there's no guarantees on what that would ha what would happen. 
who knows um but we're pretty sure they'll be okay and it'll it'll pass through effectively and that was the interesting part for me was the industry submissions because i don't in the past i can't recall where the ACCC has invited anybody else to have an opinion i, I think it's normally you, you just sort of we look at the percentages we look at the you know percentage of the market what you know share mm. of throat all those sort of sorts of things and then yeah. we you know use our ready reckoner and our algorithm and you know put it through the machine and if it comes out that it's not going to affect yeah negatively competition ding. then it, ting, it gets a tick I, I, it's unusual that uh, industry submissions are yes and it comes um, interestingly and this is background in the com wider competition space but apparently rod sims who's the chair of the ACCC, um he basically said that in a speech literally like two or three weeks ago that they needed to be harsher about these they needed the ACCC. the ACCC nowadays just says yeah, we're not going to um, oppose this merger. They don't actually approve it. They just say, look, we've got no grounds for us to say anything about it, so right. off you go. Whereas in other countries, it's much stricter. You have to alert the competition authority well before the takeover happens, before it gets announced and things like that, so that they've got time to have a look Do into a it. Work into, yeah, 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 exactly. And basically say yes or no prior to that. Things like this, and it happens all over in all different industries, not just this particular takeover. You announce it, and then afterwards, the ACCC says, "Yeah, we'll look into it." Um, but they only get a finite amount of time. Um, you know, they're really limited in in what they can do after you've already announced it. Effectively, they could try and take it back, but that would require a massive well it would require an injunction and there would be court cases and it's a really involved one as well so if they can get in there early and sort of point out any issues that could happen with the merger then that's what they want effectively and it's interesting that this is the first merger that's happened post that particular speech from the chair so it's going to be under the microscope a little bit um but i again the general feeling is that it, as i say it will pass so we'll see but it does raise some interesting questions about competition in the space as well yeah watch this space spinifex raises two million in the biggest beer csf raise to date and i'm don't mean to be rude but it shocked me <laughs> it shocked me a little bit because spinifex is re really new um well they so technically yeah. didn't exist because we, we spoke about them just before you know because they, they were opening up and then covid came so they pivoted to hand sanitizer didn't they yeah exactly and so they've only really been um and there are beer so we should point out there are beer brand not a yeah. not a brewery not just not, yet. Yeah, um, at the th moment, there yeah. are plans. Yeah, they're just a brand at the minute. Um, they've got a couple of uh, beers out in Core Range. They contract brew in a couple of different places, I believe. But they are planning a brewery. They've got a brewery sorted. They've already um, broken ground on that at the WA Food Innovation District. Um, in a name I can't pronounce and I'm not going to try it. Um, but that's what they were doing effectively. And part of that... Uh, well, they don't technically, apparently, from the sounds of it, they don't need this equity crowdfund raise to build that brewery. But it's a part of, you know, what we've talked about before, what Sober mentioned in their podcast with Matt. It's about building communities. So they raised $2 million in about two or three days and they closed it six weeks early. So this one was just a little little shocker for me um but actually i did give adam bernard who is the um managing director i believe a little bit of a hard time um obviously we've spoken about equity crowdfunding before and we spotted that for instance um the directors get seventy five thousand dollars each they made profit of five hundred thousand uh, dollars more a bit more than that uh, about five hundred thousand dollars last year and i was like well that doesn't that mean that most of the directors are taking a massive chunk out of your 
like profits revenues and he said well actually you know it says it in there but we aren't actually taking any money out of this we've got our own things going on in the background this isn't you know our main source of income and I was like okay fair enough um fair play for answering for starters a lot mm. of people would just avoid that completely um and then the other thing was that um the valuation of the business then as a result of this means that Spinifex is worth eight million dollars according to this valuation as we just said they've only launched in February um and don't have a brewery yet and they don't have a brewery yet but Adam was very fair and he said look you know we aren't uh, even at the higher end of those kind of multiples. So BrewDog, um, that was 18.9 uh, times their revenue for that year that they were trying to raise. Um, so that get, kind of puts into perspective how different the multiples can be in a valuation like this. But he said, look, we've got a lot of potential. We do have a brewery in the works. It's literally in the works. It's not just a pie in the sky idea. We have broken ground on it. It's getting done. They've got a venue planned, um, a, a separate one from the brewery. They've got lots of things going on that kind of, add to that potential valuation according to Adam and I was like do you know what yeah fair enough I mean again at least you answered the question which so many people don't it's an interesting one and we'll never stop um banging on about uh valuations and equity crowdfunding uh but that was a very impressive one it is a very pleasant surprise to not be talking mm. about one that not only didn't close early but wasn't extended by two weeks and, and then didn't get half <laughs> the amount yeah, exactly so I guess in that, in that respect, it's it's nice to have something different to yeah, talk about. positive news. Speaking of something we never, ever really talk about, uh, Brewdog. Uh, <laughs> Brewdog. Brewdog Australia is confident uh, as losses narrow. <laughs> yeah, so um, Brewdog Australia released their half-year results, so for the six months to 30th June, uh, week before last, I believe, um, to ASIC. And we had a little look at them, and given, obviously, that they've done crowdfunding, they've got lots of... Um, Lots of things going on in the background. We thought we'd do a little piece on it. Um, so Brewdog uh, returned revenues of 3.6 million for the half year up from 2, point, uh, 2 million uh, in the corresponding period last year. Um, group losses narrowed. So they made a loss of 1.1 million last year in those six months. Uh, and now they've made a loss still. Um, don't get me wrong, it's still a loss, but it's definitely um, lowered to... Oh, narrowed this is why we don't use lowered uh narrowed to uh three hundred and six thousand dollars for the half year so that's an improvement and uh i spoke to calvin mcdonald gave us some interesting quotes uh obviously they've got big expansion plans in australia and new zealand new zealand is on the back burner at the minute obviously not being able to go over there has been a bit of a barrier to them um looking for a spot there that'll slow um, you down it will it'll fair. slow you down as will the uh continuation of snap lockdowns and things like that so i think that's put a little bit of a kibosh on the plans or at least slowed them down but um Calvin was saying, yep, we're still on with it. We're still going. Um, and he made a really interesting point about being a global business in that, you know, if one country, uh, the business in one country is suffering, um, you know, they can balance it out with experience uh, of the same situation in another country. So that was a really interesting take on it um, that I hadn't thought thought about before. Um, but yeah, good on him. Well done, Brewdog. Um, although again, as we mentioned before, the crowdfunding, uh, it's fantastic. It's going towards um the brewery expansion they've just got their new pasteurizer in um but as pete mentioned uh it didn't quite take off in the way they wanted to i think the top end was 10 million they managed seven to five uh seven twenty five thousand dollars uh and the minimum was like two or three hundred thousand so they got there but they didn't get all the way there so we'll just see how brewdog goes really i think there's a lot of um interesting issues surrounding brewdog at the minute yep 
Uh, another uh, one that uh, has interesting issues, CB Zero Alcohol brands have reached some milestones, Claire. Yeah, and you know, I might wrap these two up together because they're both about zero alcohol. Um, but we spotted that uh, Carlton Zero um, celebrating its third birthday this month and Great Northern Zero was uh, um, launched in Queensland specifically about a year ago as well. So we thought, do you know what? These are some bigger brands that have been in the market for a little bit longer than a few that we've seen um, spring up. How has it changed? What's going on? Um, interestingly, they said that Carton Zero grew 20% in the 2020 June quarter um, and another 18% in 2021. So that is a slight decline. However, um, they sort of mentioned that, you know, Great Northern Zero and Peroni Libera, oh, that's a terrible name, uh, Peroni Libera was, uh, have been launched in that period. Have they got another? Oh, no, the, Libera is their, no, that's their mid-strength, I think. And so, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah this the is other their, one's their Zero. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sure. yeah that's yeah, yeah. the one. Um, so it was interesting on that point. Um, I even asked, you know, has it been tricky marketing these brands on account of they've been up in front of ABAC at least three times now, um, along with Heineken Zero, for issues that the anti-alcohol lobby does tend to raise a lot about sort of uh, encouraging minors to drink, um, offering it as a gateway uh, to actual alcohol. So been an interesting one. And they said it has, they basically said it wasn't a challenge. Then they'd give us the line, oh, you know, we stick to ABAC rules and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but that kind of leads me on to um, an, a bit of a sort of in-depth article I wanted to write about the ethics of zero alcohol. And Matt touched on that um, in the Sober interview this week, which was really, really interesting. And probably the first time that Married at First Sight has been mentioned on this or any other podcast about beer. Um, but basically, it's discussing, should zero alcohol beers be sold in supermarkets? What's the difference between a craft version of a zero alcohol and a mainstream version that uses that brand? Um, and there were some really interesting takes from a lot of people. Um, I spoke to Andy Miller at Heaps Normal. I spoke to Clinton at Sober. And I spoke to a lady called Shanna Wan, who is um, with an organization called Sober in the Country, who is not, they're not anti-alcohol lobby in the way that FAIR are, but it's very much about being careful about what you drink and bringing ethics into the way that alcohol is being sold, which we can absolutely get on board with at Brews News. Um, so yeah, have a little read and see what you think. I think there's lots of opinions on both sides and I hopefully managed to portray a pretty complex issue um, on paper, which is always hard, uh, but Matt did a really good job on the sober interview. So have a read have a read and let me know what you think yeah and look plenty of opinions on you know how we should treat zero alcohol mm. in the broader scheme of <laughs> yeah, uh, you know uh, alcohol category um so yeah and it's yeah look it's, there's no i don't think there's any simple um simple answer no i agree and it's just keeping these conversations going i think um and making sure that people are mindful that these there are sectors of the community that don't think the same way as you about zero alcohol or they might be vulnerable or they might be a recovering alcoholic and what does that mean to them as well and just to be a little bit um ethical and mindful of those people as well yeah no, no, exactly cool um now uh good news bad news good news is we haven't had to report on a recall for quite a while bad news <laughs> is a least, recall. yeah <laughs> it's been at least i think Ooh, maybe six months since we've had a recall, which is good. Um, but yes, sadly, there has been one recently. Uh, Tallboy and Moose in Melbourne has recalled its nice cola sour beer last week. Um, 
essentially we found there was some re-fermentation happening in the cans, uh, said Stephen Germain at Tallbone Moose, who is a listener and who's a lovely chap and was really, really open. What a nice guy. And he was like so open to having a chat about it. And he's like, you know, um, we felt it was really important to make this decision. Sometimes people might think, oh God, is it better to just wait and see how it goes? But he said, it's a safety issue. It's really important to be, even if it's going to cause you um, strife or money or whatever to make that decision it's about a safety issue on behalf of customers so you know get it done um, and he was su- they were super swift about it they got it done they basically followed the book and um, got it all out and interestingly as well um, had like lots of library stock of cold stored not cold stored um, so that they could figure that out and they knew that there was going to be an issue I think it would be much worse if they didn't realize there was a problem exactly and that's the, that's the key for me two things one is that um, they've they've got a a process in place uh, which then led to to them recalling their beer rather than uh, having incidents out in the marketplace. So pulling it, bef- you know, under the the threat that it might happen rather than, oh, my God, it, it, ha- it has happened. So yeah, yeah, it has well happened. Twice, guys. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, proactive rather than reactionary. On that exactly. One. So good on you guys. Yeah. yeah. So from, and I mean, obviously we take a lot of learning from that. And um, Stephen was just like, look, and when I asked him, you know, what would you advise of the brewers? He did say, like, get on the front foot, make sure you know that there's an issue. And if there is an issue that you know what to do when you when that issue occurs effectively. Yeah. Um, and they got it. I think it was at some BWS and Dan Murphy's and a few independent bottle shops. Fair play to Endeavor, the Endeavor group. They managed to get it off the shelves within like two hours, Stephen said. So um, that was sharp work from them. And, and that's another key, too, that was highlighted when we spoke about the uh, Dizzy Donkey from... Um... Uh, Prancing Pony, the the apple cider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ability to identify where all that stock is yes, and, and to do so it quickly, key. that's that's key. Because there's no use yeah. saying, well, it's out there. If you've got some, please send it back. It's no. We can, yeah. we can contact all of our suppliers, all our distributors and that sort of thing and find out where the where the stock is either, um, you know, it, 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 whether it's at a DC or whether, you know, it's on shelves or in yeah. fridges, whatever it is. Might be exactly, yeah. yeah. Good record keeping is key. Exactly. Do you know who else <laughs> has really good record keeping? And if you need to do a recall or you decide, well, cans may explode, um, you know, and you want to reflect that in your labels, you could call Rowling's label stickers and packaging. Claire, did you know that? Oh, yeah. I, do you know? I, know I never you, heard of it before. I know you. I know you're thinking they only supply labels for cans or bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons. They do can trays. They do tap decals. They do barcodes, shrink sleeves. Um, already applied to empty beer cans, ready for filling. Um, the cans come to your door pelletised and ready to fill. There's nothing more to do except to give them a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss further. Oh, good one. Seamless. Smooth. Now, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand uh, appoints a new executive director. It does indeed. So this is just a quick little one. Um, people change at the Brewers Guild. Um, Melanie Keys, who is I hadn't actually heard of before, but apparently has done really good work in terms of uh, brewing education over in Otago. I believe that's how you say it. Otago, um, yeah. Otago. Oh, crap. Okay, nearly there. Um, she's taking over the helm from Sabrina Kunz, who has been in the role for just over three years. Um, Sabrina is just fantastic. Um, and good luck to her, whatever she's doing next. I think she's I think she's staying in the beer industry, but we'll have to double check. I'll drop her a line. Um, but yeah, good on you, Brewers Guild of New Zealand. Um, that sounds like a really good acquisition in terms of people. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of acquisitions, that is all the news that we have acquired this week. So if you've <laughs> um, if you missed it, you've now caught you're now caught up. That's that's all the important stuff. 
really. I think all the good stuff. Yeah, um, okay. and as as Claire touched on, yeah, we uh, we probably should just mention apropos of our podcast last week and and mentioning that which shall not be mentioned, uh, <laughs> but we did tease that we were going to mention it. So just to cover all that off, I can understand both points of view. Our listeners who are absolutely fizzing at the bung um, to to hear what we had to say, but I totally understand Matt's editorial decision to shelve it just for the moment until. I guess the water's calm and and at the end of the day, if it's not going to add anything positive to the process, then it's it's perhaps better to 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 just sort of leave it. So just in case you were hanging around for below the fold this week <laughs> going, oh, must be a double bunger episode. Um, Sadly, no. No, no. So uh, thanks very much, Claire. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the beautiful reading of the news, um, which is only fair because given that you write most of it. Um, and we'll see you all again next week. Unless you want to hang around for Below the Fold. And Below the Fold always starts with Mailbag. Mailbag is thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on all the social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And we do thank them for uh, looking after us with the mailbag. Now, you can join in in any number of ways, Claire. I'm, I'm, let me count some of them. You can review us on iTunes. You can send us in an email. You can leave a comment on the Facebook group. Uh, that's you the radio free news. Yep. Um, you can uh, talk behind the back of your hand at a pub. Go, don't quote me, but. Um, <laughs> we like we, them. Yeah. Any way you want to contact us, uh, you know, smoke signals, um, semaphore, Morse code, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Uh, and if we do read out, uh, any gems that we deem worthy of reading out, uh, we would love to send you a dog bone bar blade with uh, Radio Brews News written on it. It's really cool. Awesome. Or is it Australian Brews News? Just Brews News, I think. Yeah, it might just be Brews News. Yeah, keep, it, keep it simple here. That's it. That's it. Um, who sent us in some mail this week? We haven't had a lot. You know, I think people are still reeling. Um, but and Well, we probably burned <laughs> them all after, after last week. We had lots of we comments did. and then we didn't read we them did. out. So they go, well, I'm not going to write any more in. I'm not going to do it anymore. Why would we bother? <laughs> but we have had some interesting ones on the main Facebook page rather than the Facebook group. Um, so Gerhard Patzold fantastic name um on the Facebook page in regards to sort of the ethics of alcohol and you know basically people saying that it's encouraging minors to drink and having it in supermarkets and all that kind of stuff he says if anything is it not promoting children or the underage to not drink alcohol and that there is an alternative peer group pressure to drink alcohol as a minor was a cool thing to do be a lot cooler if they were drinking an alternative instead i think it'd be interesting to have a look at the positive effects that it has had on other cultures for example in germany where no alcohol drinks are totally part of society yeah, 100%. And even extended yeah. uh, forward to that in, in other European countries where, you know, small amounts of small beer or, or a, a lighter-bodied red wine uh, is given to, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-olds yep. in the dinner table setting or yep. the family gathering Around or family, yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of control exactly. there and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Rather than, you know, look, at the end of the day, no matter what we do in terms of the, you know, the craft or the independent, whatever, the, the beer uh, community does, mm -hmm. kids are going to be exposed to alcohol advertising. They go yeah. to the football. They go to the, you know, drive down the, the freeway. They exist at home gonna, when their dad exactly, is Exactly. They open the door of the fridge and there's, the you know, the 
dad's beers at the at, on the bottom shelf, yeah. whatever it might be. So they're going to be exposed no matter what. I, I think it's far worse to, um, you know, have them gagging at the bit and then when they're 18, just all of a sudden unleash them and go, here's your drinking licence. Oh, and here's the car keys. Um, yep. Off you go. Enjoy. I would rather that they have learned to respect it and to, to drink it uh, comfortably and responsibly in front of their parents. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then if, if you show them how it's done, as in you have a beer or two after watching the game or have a glass of wine at dinner or whatever, then you won't develop, or I think, and I'm pretty sure there's lots of, a couple of studies been done on this, that you won't have that same binge drinking kind of thing as you mentioned, P, that people aren't going to associate it with something um, like naughty that you're not supposed to do and then treat that like that you're going to have people that grow up with a good relationship to alcohol that is moderate and relaxed rather than intense it's natural and, and has and grown organically yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah no, 100% yep yep, yep. and and as Gehel makes a really good point and it's one that I hadn't really sort of considered but I, but it just makes complete sense is that it's giving an alternative where one didn't exist before so you would yeah stick out like third ball on a racing dog if you were the one drinking soft drink and everyone else had a beer and because then people would go why aren't you drinking beer if you're drinking yeah. a beer looking substance now it just it, it doesn't it doesn't even occur to people you go yeah you yeah we're all just part of the group and if, if you're if you're in a group where people are going to be picking on you because you're not drinking then probably need to find better friends yeah but that's a whole one. other that's a whole other <laughs> issue but that, and that's, that, that's not saying that that way. doesn't exist that that, yeah. that 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 peer pressure does exist has existed since God's dog was a pup. It's not going to change anytime soon. Absolutely. This gives an out, if you like, or it gives a, it just takes that out of the equation rather than, yeah. you know, it's grooming or it's, you know, That's yeah. Yeah, yeah so, all that gateway point. stuff. And also, I think people have made the point that, um, it, although on the um, supermarket, what do you, what's your opinion on the should no alcohol be served in a supermarket or a bottle shop? What do you think, Pete? I think, like like Dan's does, I think it should be next to, you know, um, like they all, no, Dan's is probably a, a, a slightly different because what they do is they have it down with the soft drinks. I Now, yeah. here's the thing. When I went looking for some for Mrs. Pilsner, mm -hmm. uh, this is way back, Claire, cast my way mm -hmm. back to when Victorians were allowed to go into bottle shops and, <laughs> and browse at their leisure. Many and, moons ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's all click and collect now. Um, but I went looking for it. So I thought, okay, I want the non-alcohol version of a Pinot Gris. I'm going to look in Pinot Gris and presumably it'll be down at the end of, yeah. of, of the aisle. But mm -hmm. what Uncle Dan's does is they actually have it, at the moment anyway, and, and the, the ones that I go to, uh, over with the mixers and the soft drinks and the, you know, the cappies, you know, the, the soda waters and, yeah. and all that sort of thing, So, which is not where I would have – I had to ask. So, sorry, mate, I'm, I'm lost here. Where, whereabouts is it? Yeah. yeah. So – but which is, a, if you like, that's the equivalent of if Dan Murphy's was a supermarket, that would be in the soft drink aisle. Yeah. I think it should mm. be, because look, at the end of the day, 90%, well, a lot of the, but, you know, if your local Woolies will have a BWS attached to it. Mm -hmm. I would rather see them in there than, and look, maybe it's an issue of shelf space. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just yeah. It's tricky though, isn't it? That's the point. It's really hard. Like I do think it needs to be segregated. Sides. I don't. I, I like it, and I don't think anybody's in there, kind of you know, surreptitiously slipping them in between the diet coke <laughs> and the diet Pepsi. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 all still in one. You know, if you look at the planogram, I'm sure it'll be 
you know, at the end of an aisle or, you know, like at the, the last part of the aisle, they'll, they'll, all, they'll all be there together. Yeah. I don't have an issue if if somebody was to say, look, would it kill you to just have them all in the, in the you know, uh, with with the other alcohol, with the other ones, yeah. But then, because but then can you argue? You... Well, you're then sending non-drinkers into an alcohol. That's it, isn't it? Area. If you're so, like a, some and I can see Clint both. and Shanna made this point when um, I was writing that ethics on zero alcohol uh, article. He said it did trigger him if it were, if he was going into a bottle shop because he could see why a recovering alcoholic wouldn't want to go into a bottle shop and see alcohol and be near alcohol while they're looking for a non-alcoholic option like you can understand that but then at the same time you can understand the argument about um not having it in supermarkets kids and kids can see it blah 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 or whatever you want to um come up with that you can understand why there's an argument against that it's making it normalized there's a reason why we have bottle shops rather than um doing it the uk style and putting them all in the same place um but it, it is a really tricky one and i don't think that we're going to come up with an easy answer for this one quickly but i do think the whole point about what gerhard was saying and, and what you've said pete is that you know a way to normalize not drinking to excess would be a good idea <laughs> if that's no alcohol fantastic if that's find zero alcohol options if that's moderating if that's complete abstinence you know there's a way forward for everybody but we have to accept that those people are all going to be different in the way that they approach it exactly. and like how do you how do you deal with that as a retailer how do you deal with that as a producer um i'm glad i don't have to figure that one out yeah at, at the end of the day i am all for you know you, you don't ban these things you don't restrict them you don't uh you know tell people what to do you say look at the end of the day you know you are a, a functioning human of whatever sort uh, who can make your own decisions and you need to yeah. make those decisions and then uh, deal with whatever consequences of those decisions. And yeah. if, you know, oh, we demand that it all be moved. If you're, if that's the hill that you want to die on, then I expect to also see you saying we should move all the chocolate away because we're exposing fat kids to it. Yeah. Put it in locked boxes and stuff. Exactly. You know, like they so, do with cigarettes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. At the end of the day, you know, if, you, if, if it's being bought for you by, you know, somebody who's got the money, who has earned the money, to, to then they have the right to make that purchasing decision and to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it is hard, though, as well, because I've asked a few organisations in the alcohol industry space. I was like, so do you have a take on this? Like, what do you think about this? And they're like, literally scrabbling in the background just like I'm not sure yet we're going to have to go to the board we're going to have to talk about it internally so that kind of shows how difficult this is it's not a new category but it's because of the growth and the prominence in the media it's become much more of a, an issue and even having a I had a chat to Woolworths I got some comments from Woolworths and I got some comments from Coles and I got some comments from Endeavour Group and Woolworths they don't ID but they make sure it's near like mixers rather than specifically soft drinks or anything like that um they make sure um Coles was very reticent to say anything they were just like we are responsible alcohol providers um uh, retailers even what am I talking about but yes and so th there was there just seemed to be a lot of confusion and a lot of not wanting to make a stand about this which you can understand at this early stage but I wonder if it'll become a little bit clearer as we go forward and as people come up with a solution to this I'm not sure but it's definitely going to be on the agenda as long as uh, zero alcohol continues to grow exactly uh, a couple of comments regarding the Queensland uh, takeaway beer decision yes. slash oh. non-decision so we had a we had a lot of comments on that post. But I don't know if you saw it, but some of them were hilarious and some of them were like very sassy. So I've tried to get to bring in the 
the least sassy ones. Still a little bit sassy. Um, uh, Adam Redsall says, uh, the reason this is the case is because the tax on spirits is so prohibitively expensive. The entire market evolved accordingly and pushed the envelope on beer to the absolute limit. And I know we had this discussion, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Pete, in relation to the ATO, and they were talking about repackaging rules for cocktails versus for beer, yeah. and we had a similar issue with that. And Matt made the point, you know, that it was about spirits having um, a higher excise and things like that. But I'm not 100% sure how it relates to this particular one. Wine was the major issue, I think, on this one. I think too, Claire, it, it, it kind of smacks of every time something is taken away from beer, it's not applied mm-hmm. to wine. And I, and yes. I think there's just a, a kind of a feeling that historically wine has just been given a pass yeah, where, like where a beer ring. hasn't. Yeah. yeah, and whether it's you know going way back to the you know nineteen seventy one or whatever mm-hmm. seventy five for the, the when the wet tax was was introduced, yeah, um, you know it, wine is always it, look it, it owns the moral high ground. Um, it is treated differently. It is treated as a sophisticated drink, whereas beer is you know the the uncultured masses, and mm-hmm. jurisdictionally and regulatorily, that's always been the case, and mm-hmm. and for no good reason, you know. Uh, I think that's yeah. what sticks in most people's craw is that, well, if you're going to take it off us, then you've got to take it off everyone. You know, if you, if yes, you, if you can absolutely. say, well, you can't have this, then you can't have that either. Yeah, that's it. And just the reasoning behind it has just been crazy. Like it's <laughs> inviting people to criticise. Exactly. Like why would you allow that to go into an official document yeah. when it's yeah. like the most obviously stupid thing you've ever heard? And Claire, I'm no statistician, but <laughs> I would wager that far more sub 5% alcohol by volume beer is sold yep. in this country every day than yep. greater than, you know, 15%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I say, I'm no statistician, but I'll tell you, you know, that hat. That's fair to say. Yeah, I'll give you that hat. I'll I'll leave that as well. (laughs) Oh, so many hats today. Um, And then we've got another one on that. Um, Russell Lum, what pre-mixed drinks have stronger ABV than wine? Exactly what we've been saying. Uh, Clearly, I've been looking at the wrong fridge at the bottle shop. We had loads of, where's where's all this really uh, high ABV beer? Asking for a friend, all those kind of <laughs> comments as well, which is hilarious. Um, he says, "Good old Queensland government never let a pandemic get in the way of corruption." Um, not sure that's a hundred percent fair. Although it is interesting that this has happened when we are supposed to have had the craft beer strategy, we're supposed to have had a minister for beer. Um, we've been trying to get a comment off Glenn Butcher, who's the new, I believe, the new minister for beer. They keep changing, um, but. We've not had anything back yet. I believe he's out and about at the minute, um, making it a little bit harder. But I think the point is, you know, if you're going to put, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. Like if you're saying that you support the craft beer industry or the beer industry in general, you have to make sure that that's followed through all levels of government, of state government. And this has clearly not been the case here. They've clearly listened to a few of the people that were one of those complaining stakeholders and put their interests above the values that you say you have when you do things like the um the queensland beer strategy so come on guys fix it yeah. and i do that. look I, I take russell makes a, a, a good point I, I don't know that it's i'd go so far as to say it's corruption but there's often value in follow the follow the cash yeah if you ever want to really get yes. to the root of why why is the government <laughs> doing this follow the cash and i think you'll find <laughs> that the the wine lobby is far yep. more generous than the, the beer lobby yep. is. And the hotel of, um, association, no doubt. And oh, uh, whoever tourism, owns bottle shops. Yeah, you know, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. You, 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 particularly, you know, you sell 
tourism to you know this is it, it's a the wine region of of yeah. here or there you know whatever it is uh it's never yeah. you know come and visit all our mag- magnificent breweries no yeah so yeah, there's something to be said. For that. There's something going on there. There's something yeah, going on there, yeah. and it it doesn't smell nice. There's something no. wrong. Any other, <laughs> any other issues? Um. Oh gosh. We wish to probably. Probably. But what? What's, I was just going to quickly. I was going to quickly throw in. Just speaking of stuff that doesn't smell nice, but it's. <laughs> but I don't want to preface it by saying that. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I, I was out on a, a job in my in my other guys with um, oh, yeah. Bell at the the post project, and we we do a lot of mm-hmm. uh, video production, uh, which is lucky for me because at the moment the the, the few crumbs that he's throwing me is is pretty much uh, my the entirety of my income, given that uh, <laughs> the events based beer side of things is, is pretty much dried up. Yes, um, radio but we were, does uh, not pay well. <laughs> yeah, but the, but this but this is one of those nice linkings. Yeah, um, yeah. You're probably wondering, uh, you know, why this episode's come out a little bit late. It's because we're recording it a little bit later because uh, from very, very, like 5.30 this morning uh, until lunchtime, um, I wasn't knee-deep in it, but I was out at the uh, <laughs> the Eastern Treatment <laughs> Plant <laughs> uh, doing some filming on a um, basically a very, very, very intricate and magnificently um, designed and built pump um, that essentially looks after half of the sewage that uh, Melbourne produces, uh, which needed to be bypassed so they could do some remedial work on a, another part of the, the plant. Uh, but um, it turns out that the person who uh, engaged us for this particular job uh, said, oh, my husband owns a brewery. So shout out to to, to Brittany McGarry up there at, uh, at Your Mates, Christian's hey. uh, partner. Who, yeah, oh, so, brilliant. Yeah. So, so my unsponsored beer of the week for this week I'll say Larry because just just to you know, because um, it is a great beer and I haven't had it in ages and can barely find You're it. You're not better than that. No, not well. Not, well, certainly not. I mean, you uh, can order it probably. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, I probably, I probably could. And you know, as I say, can't just wander into a bottle shop and have a look around oh, and say, hmm, "Do you have this?" Same. You've got to order. It. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you might not want to. Did you see that video story. of the Dan's that uh, in the earthquake yesterday? And the, all the bottles of wine were falling off, smashing everywhere. The whole thing was shaking. I was oh, like, no. same thing. Speaking of Dan, <laughs> not uh, the wine. <laughs> Dan Taranto out at uh, Otter's Promise, which is a great, terrific little um, uh, boutique. I'll, I'll say, you know, craft beer. Let's let's say, um, mm-hmm. but, but they put out a great little video after the uh, after the earthquake, saying if you ever oh, wondered yeah. what you know, Moon Dogs Black Lung plus this plus all these different <laughs> you know beers, uh, what they all smell like together. <laughs> Here, <laughs> Here's all the bottles that uh, that uh, yeah were, were shook off the off the wall. Ah, oh, nightmare! Honestly, I can't believe it. It's like apocalyptic. Oh, uh, just Earth just wait, just waiting for pandemic. the locusts and the and the toads to rain from the oh, heavens, no. and then we've um, completed the full set. Oh, wonderful! Uh, pretty know. much. But anyway, my beer of the week this week. Um, oh yeah. It, that I paid for. Um, stomping ground put it everyone a lot of people obviously because it's 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 despite it's september it's traditionally Oktoberfest, and a lot of places have, have had to you know cancel or um rejig you know various Oktoberfest uh celebrations but um the breweries at this time of year quite a few of them are putting out um Oktoberfest uh packs and i bought the stomping ground one because they were all, oh, all nice. sort of new beer. So there's a, there's a Dunkelweitz and there's a Fest beer, there's a, mm-hmm. a Schwarz beer. And I've got to say, um, 
absolutely nailed the brief. Like, you know, sometimes you get, you get oh, oh, yeah, it's German-like. Yeah, um, yeah. These were just so true to form. So to, to Asher and uh, and Robbo and the oh, crew out there, they, well, just it, it's not often that I have beers and go, no, this is worthy of, you know, using my uh, soapbox to... Um, to, to give them a shout out, but but, yeah. but this one was particularly well deserved. Was it so. all German sourced stuff, like hops and uh, hops and malt and everything? Uh, I haven't I haven't seen like uh, spec sheets or anything like that. But as I say, uh, just just beautifully traditionally. Either way, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. just very very memorable. Like they just taste like fresh versions of some of the big name German uh, beers that that put, that put out uh, Oktoberfest beers and fest beers at, at this time of the fantastic. year. So Ooh, and I'm excellent. saving I'm saving the German pills for last. So oh, your favourite. Can't report oh, on that one yet, but um, yeah. <laughs> please do. Let, tell us next week what you thought. That's it. I shall do. So that's that's okay, that's well. Prof's unsponsored beer of the week this week. <laughs> That's brilliant. Love it. I'm still, oh, I'm still up for it. I'm still, I've, I've had a, a few approaches from, you know, people who wish to sponsor my unsponsored beer of the week. And, you know. I know because it's turned into a running joke now because we don't really need a sponsor for it, but it's no, just right. called unsponsored. But I, I, I'd, I'd love to just, you know, share a bit of love. So I might just sort of, oh, know, yeah. yeah, throw yeah, some that's it. Throw that's some fine. Love. Why not? I like it. Well, yeah. we'll ask the listeners, what do listeners think of, uh, Pete's unsponsored beer of the week. That's it. Yes or no? Do we want to hear? I'm, but that's the thing. Like, there's so many beer reviews out there. Be... I respect your opinion about it, bro. So yeah, yeah. That's so, yeah. Know, I want to know. Less is more. So you know, I'm looking <laughs> to do it all the time, and I'm not effusive about every single beer that I get. But but when there's one that I, I feel is worthy, I'm more than happy mm-hmm. to to give it a plug. Uh, and I'm sure our uh, our listeners are very happy as well. Are they happy because short and sharp this week, Claire? That's about I know, it. we've done well. Yeah, we haven't wittered on. Well, we've wittered on a bit. But... We have a little bit. But you know what we didn't witter on about? We didn't witter on about why there's just the two of us. Oh, my gosh, we didn't. Happy, um, so happy birthday, birthday, Matt. Yeah, happy so birthday, Matt's, Matt. Matt's headed off off grid. He is. is he, I is think it's been of... a bit stressful for him, actually. He's done very well. <laughs> it... But I have heard from him today. And I did hear from him yesterday. Now, he's, it, fair to say, his reception is uh, sporadic at best, yes, where he is, yes. in up far north Queensland. I bet he's having a heart attack. I bet he can't he, handle it. He will. He'll be, he'll be as toey as a Roman sandal because he will, <laughs> despite the fact that his baby is in very, very good hands. Oh, thank you. Um, and, and, look, the news has been coming out. And, uh, look, is at the end of the yeah? day... It's the best time to go, isn't it? Like the week after the biggest shitstorm uh, in the independent <laughs> yes. years. No, but you're going to drop anything. Lightning's not going to strike, strike twice. Yeah, no, so come on. Don't do the this. Safest, the safest week to go. <laughs> well, we said that Although, we were laughing you know, about that before we went. Like, what would I have done if Stone and Wood had come out? Well, we would have obviously done the media release, but I'm not sure I would have trusted myself to write an editorial. So <laughs> that, was, that would have been all you'd get from Bruce News on that, that news. Um, but... <laughs> I'm glad he was there, is all I'm saying. I'm glad Matt was around. Well, in, enjoy <laughs> a well-earned birthday break, uh, Matt. Uh, hopefully we've uh, made you proud. Yeah, doing this, doing this the way we have. That's um, <laughs> episode 337. That's, I know. How much is that? But we couldn't do it, Claire, without our very good friends at Cryo Malt, at Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging, and uh, our friends at New Zealand Ale Trail, uh, who make this all possible. Uh, and so do you. And so thank you, Claire, for making this possible. Oh, thanks, Pete. Because they, they, seriously, they wouldn't yes. We wouldn't get half the downloads if it was just <laughs> me or Matt. Just me or Matt. 
all half the news. Remember when I was away last year and I think like two things came out. I was gone for two weeks. <laughs> the yeah, news no. stops when I'm not yeah, around. Them. That's it. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to get a fair shake, you know. No, Wait until Claire's back. Wait until Claire's back. <laughs> uh, so thanks. Um, Enjoy your week. When's he, when's he back? Um, I believe he's back on Friday. So he's not – he should – he needs a holiday. I'm glad he's had to. No, today, holiday, yeah, he, could have been he, longer. He'll be back by the time most of our listeners are listening to this, unless they, yeah. you know, enjoy the weekend and then catch up with us on Monday. But <laughs> why would you do that? I mean, we why bother? Up to get you know, while it's fresh. Get, get this out to you on a Thursday night, you know, late Thursday, <laughs> so it's early Friday. You can do it and then enjoy the weekend, uh, knowing that you're all caught up on the news. But anyway, exactly. look, however you want to use it, that, that's up to you. <laughs> do as um, you will. That's it. So until next week, I'm Pete Mitchum. Uh, it's been a pleasure hosting uh, Brews News Week yet again. And uh, until next time we meet, drink fresh, drink local, drink independent if you want. Look after yourselves, uh, but most importantly, look after each other and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation.